0: Chris McMonagle here with you for a five-hour midnight ride. That's right. Five, all the way till five. Something fell on the floor. Not sure what it was. I think I'll be all right. I don't know if it was my wallet, my phone. No, I think I got everything. Paul Rosenberg riding the hell out of that music. You hear it. That's it. That's how you know it's going to be a long morning we're gonna have some fun we got plenty to do 877-337-6666 again me and you for five hours right here on the fan and a lot going on but still i can't get this i can't get it out of my head uh, nah, i'm a little off today <clears throat> i'll clean it up all right so what are we doing today? I don't know. I can't stop thinking about this Brian Dable star. I'll be honest with you. I'm still focused on the footballs. we're getting ready for divisional weekend. Hopefully it'll be better than wildcard weekend was, other than the glory of watching the Giant fan, at least, watching the two teams we hate most absolutely crap all over themselves. Besides that, the games are awful and we're expecting more, and I'm still hung up on football, but we'll get to baseball, 877-337-6666. We'll get to a lot of different things. I'm not even going to talk some Rangers Uh, Over the course of this morning, we got Knicks to discuss. We got a lot to discuss, but I cannot stop thinking about this Brian Dable story. And I just, I can't help myself but just rally around this coach and think this is now, the more I think about it, this is a good thing for the New York Giants. This is a good thing. This story coming out and everything surrounding it, And moving forward, this is a positive thing. I think we've learned a lot about the coach. I think now we're learning about how he's he's actually viewed inside the organization and what they should do moving forward and how this should help. It should help Dable and Shane do the right thing. And let me explain. Obviously, we all know the story from Pat Leonard came out yesterday or the day before. My days are all mixed up. Screaming. He's a feisty, fiery guy. The same thing. The same thing that would help turn the franchise around in year one of Brian Dable. The feistiness. The getting in the face of Daniel Jones. All those things that help turn around this franchise. And, and turn it from perennial loser to playoff appearance and playoff win is now a a major problem inside the organization. And his feistiness and his fire and his game day actions are now causing a problem that no one seems to be able to work around and everybody wants out. No, boy, I love it. I'll tell you why I love it. I love it because he's the head coach. He's the leader of this team. There is no doubt about it. Is he gone about it in in a couple of different ways than you'd probably like to? Yeah, that's fine. You learn from those things. But ultimately, he's learned the most important thing. And that's it's got to be his show. Right? Sometimes that can be a bad thing if the guy's an idiot. If it's Joe Judge, right? If it's if it's obviously some of the other coaches that they've gone through, uh, since they've had Tom Coughlin, who also ran it like his show and he adapted as things progressed and as he realized he was doing things that was rubbing people the wrong way, and he had problems with his players and had to form a you know a veteran council, Brian Dable does not have problems with his players. Brian Dable runs a little hot, and Brian Dable during games can get a little hot on the mic, and Brian Dable can be hard on his coaches, but ultimately. He is the man here. And there was a power struggle or there was some sort of thing between him and Wink. There's been some things between him and coaching staffs, And there's, I believe, obviously the GM even has some concern about it. He's on the mic, listening to the headset, going through and, and listening through games to see the dynamic between Brian Dable and the coaching staff. And yet Wink is gone. The linebacking coaches, Wilkins, who were right there with Wink, who probably linked, leaked the story. Initially to Glazer about the relationship between the two uh, sides, they're gone. Everybody's gone, and Joe Shane and Brian Dable are sitting at that table giving end of press conference, end of season press conferences, and the team responded. The players respond to this coach. They responded last year to this coach. They responded at the end of this year to this coach. Now, did he have a great year? No, he didn't. He didn't. And at the beginning of the season, this team showed up to the year looking like they didn't know how to play football and weren't ready to play football. And that's on him. And that's what probably led to this and losing breeds dysfunction. That's how it works. And we've learned from Pat Leonard's story, this is not new. This happened last year. Yelling at coaches. Blaming them. Throwing, you know, I mean, some of the reports, it sounds bad when you read it, right? When you read it back and you go, geez, he's he's throwing He's telling coaches they're going to lose the game like they did against the Jets. Not only blaming what's going, blaming what's going on currently on the on the defensive coaching staff, but he's blaming it on past results on the coaching staff in the middle of games as they're trying to make calls. It's too much. He's going after Kafka. He's taking away play calling. He's giving back play calling. He's he's, he's yelling. He's this. He's that. It's probably all too much. And he's learning from it. But ultimately, he knows it's his team. And with knowing that the GM is on headset. And that he's being listened to, it still doesn't stop him. This is his football team. And things are going to be done his way, or it's not going to be done. And that's how it should be. And as you move forward here, I'll tell you why it makes me feel positive. Because I'm under the belief that the New York Giants do not have a quarterback. And now I realize what's going on with this coach and the fire he's under right now and the, the different leaks that have come out and, and all the stories, and this, is, this sounds terrible and it makes you question about hiring coaches. Meanwhile, he's out there hiring running back coaches and they're out there hiring uh, you know, training staff and, and they're taking care of business and they're having interviews and they'll be fine. This isn't going to cost them anything. And uh, Paul Schwartz came out with another story today about how still inside the organization, he is, the view has not changed. Last year's success, and it should, because it's easy to forget. This team wasn't any good last year. It wasn't good this year. But last year, this coach changed the way this football team competed. He changed how the quarterback turned the ball over. He changed how they coached. He changed how they played in end-of-game situations. He dragged this franchise from the abyss into a winning team. And despite that, and and despite a terrible, uh, for the most part, roster... We all knew it was a rebuild. And I went into this season last year saying I would not be surprised if this team is not as successful. I expected them to be a better football team in some ways, and they weren't. But I knew there was a chance this team would be less successful, and the success of last year could in some ways come back to haunt them because nobody ever wants to see regression. That initial jump was so high. And went from absolutely nowhere, bottom of the league, to a playoff victory on the road. That that jump was so high, a a regression was probably due. And nobody likes regression. And so to have that, to have them deal with it, he did not deal with losing well. And you're learning that. And show me a coach who does deal with losing well, and I'll show you a losing head coach. But right now, Shane and Dable realize one thing. As everything circles around this, and as obviously the head coaches that have been released and are now available, whether it be Vrabel, whether it be Harbaugh, or whether it be Bill Belichick. Who everybody now you turn to, He's connections to the Giants, his history as the defensive coordinator, obviously the greatest coach in NFL history, looking for a job, interviewing with the lousy Falcons. Wouldn't it just be a perfect fit? Wouldn't it be just a simple transition to bring Bill Belichick in here? I mean, if you're not sure about Dable and he's acting like a baby on the sidelines and he's screaming at his coaching staff and he's being unproductive and he's, and he's not having any solutions, it's just all retroactive and he's just complaining about previous things, oh, wouldn't it be simple? Wouldn't it be so simple just to go get the greatest coach in NFL history and change everything? No. No. And what you've got from the Paul Schwartz uh, report earlier yesterday is that nothing has changed inside the organization in how they feel about him. But the positive thing for me, the thing that is now starting to make me feel better about this story and what it might lead to is the idea that Brian Dable and Joe Shane realize how precious this thing is and how quickly losing changes all the dynamics because they were sitting pretty. Let's be honest. In Joe Shane, we trust. In Brian Dable, we trust. Coach of the year, best coach team in the NFL, arguably. Uh, especially coming off all the coaches the Giants have had. You got, this is the, t- you found your coach. You're going to buy into it. They've done an incredible job. How they turned this around. They figured out a way to give him the contract and get Saquon Barkley on the franchise tag, and Saquon Barkley didn't hold out. Everything was peaches and cream leading into that Dallas game where they got worked. Absolutely worked. And a team that's still in rebuild mode built such expectations. And this city has such expectations for them. That the minute things do not look like they are trending in the absolute right direction. This thing could fall apart. They are now on the hot seat for year three. There is no question about it. Both the GM, the head coach, particularly because of this story now to add on to the fact that they had this losing, miserable season, they are now on the hot seat. And do you know what they hopefully will realize now that they're on the hot seat, now that the idea that this rebuild could be at its end already at year three and they will have to actually have some winning done inside this franchise, you know what they should realize? They should realize the same thing that Brian Dable realizes game to game, week to week, sideline to sideline, that it's his team. That he needs to do things his way. And his way and Shane's way is to develop a young quarterback. And that's why I don't want Bill Belichick. I love Bill Belichick. I suggested Bill Belichick at different times for this franchise for a while. But what you saw from Bill Belichick over the last handful of years of his career, as great as a career as it is, I don't want him to be the GM of this team, and I view Brian Dable and Joe Shane as a package deal. You are not going to bring in Belichick and keep Joe Shane. So Joe Shane would be gone, and I don't trust Bill Belichick as a GM, nor do I want to bring in another GM to work with him. And the other thing is what he's done. I know he developed or was part of the development team that got the greatest quarterback in the history of football, but Brady was going to be great He just was. And while I give him credit for it, absolutely, I still look at the last few years and what happened to Mac Jones and the decisions he made at the coaching staff and different things. I don't know if I trust him right now to develop another quarterback. So if I'm bringing in Bill Belichick, I'm riding with Daniel Jones. And that's not what I want. And I want hopefully, the organization to still have faith in the two men they hired and what they were hired to do. And Joe Shane and Brian Dable need to realize that this thing could be over in a heartbeat. And if you don't do what every GM and coach, especially offensive coaches, and especially guys who got their job because they drafted and developed Josh Allen, if you don't do this now, If you don't get this quarterback and develop him and try and change this franchise, this could be over next year. And you might go through your tenure, and who knows, maybe you're only one as GM or coach and never get to do what you're designed to do. Develop and draft a franchise quarterback. And it probably helps you inside the organization and buys you time and gives you that time to develop this whole entire roster and team and do that rebuild and maybe start it a year too late and maybe disappoint some fans with the idea of a young quarterback and a transition and doing some different things and, and, and going about building this team. But this roster still makes sense for me to build this team, to draft a quarterback, and we're seeing with Stroud how quickly and even love, right? A team, and we'll get into this, Love and, oh, this was a team that Rodgers couldn't win with. And here's Love beating the Cowboys in Dallas. How quickly he turned things around. How quickly C.J. Stroud can turn things around. This whole thing is a positive for me because we're hearing now from other sources in the Paul Schwartz story that this franchise and the ownership group still believe in Shane and Dable, but they've got a glimpse into how fragile this all could be. It could get twisted real quick, and you are on the hot seat for next year. Do what you do best, and don't allow this tenure and your job to come and go without getting your guy and without changing this franchise. Go do it. So you know what? It's a positive for me because it reinforces who's running this team, what they're good at, and what they should do, which is ultimately what's best for the New York Giants. Get a young quarterback And develop them. And they got to do it now because they might not get next year with Daniel Jones. They might not get after next year with a veteran quarterback to play the first couple of games until Daniel Jones is healthy. And then go about it with a Daniel Jones recovering from a, a, a torn ACL. Who knows what that looks like? You know what it looks like? It probably looks like a struggle. And then it also looks like where do you turn to from there? How do you sell on keeping your job third year, second straight year of losing? How do you sell that you should still be the head coach and GM of this team? How do you do it? You start that rebuild that year one and the winning changed. Go back to it, draft the young quarterback, develop it, and let's really have this Dable and Shane era. Learn from the mistakes you've made. Learn from the idea that you're, you're a bit harsh during game day. Adjust, adapt. That's what the best coaches do. So this storyline, and I'm, the more I think about it, the more positive I am about it. Because his flaws have been exposed. Fix them. And now we're realizing, and I'm hoping they realize, that they could be out of a job in a year with the impending pressure that they're getting from this story around the NFL, the coaches, the fans, everyone, if this thing goes bad next year with Daniel Jones and no real idea of a future ahead, they could be out of a job. And if the two of them think it's okay or they're comfortable with losing this giant job without ever doing what they were brought here to do, drafting and developing a quarterback, it'll be a damn shame. 877 337 So I'm all in on Dable, I'm all in on Shane, and I'm all in on the idea that this story is not a negative it is a positive. Because the best future is a, for the Giants is a future with a young quarterback and a quarterback in this draft. And this should reinforce to them that they have to do what they were brought here to do so they can sell themselves to this franchise and to this fan base of we are going in the right direction. Daniel Jones and losing with Daniel Jones doesn't do that. We've seen coaches do that. Let's go get a quarterback and develop the hell out of him. 877-337-6666. We got plenty to do over the next four and a half hours or so. We'll get to Aaron Rodgers. And oh, my God, what an indictment it would be. Imagine the Packers beat the Niners. Oh, my God, Jet fans. How could you even believe that Rodgers could win a game if that happens? Ridiculous. We'll get to the Mets and how they're ready to compete. The Knicks are looking to make a trade. And the Rangers bounce back after the of the last two games after struggling for a while, but still have struggles and do have holes to fix if they're going to want to be a Stanley Cup champion. We'll get all to that. We'll mix in some fun with some different things. But we're going to have a good time. Me and you, 877-337-6666. I got you till 5 o'clock as usual on our five-hour midnight ride. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877 337 6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. All right, let's go. I'm all, uh, I'm hopped up on Mountain Dew. Actually, no, uh, coffee, because I'm, I had the glorious, uh, you know opportunity to hang out with my children for two consecutive days. So obviously yesterday being uh, MLK day and then, or excuse me, Monday being MLK day and then yesterday being a snow day. So for those of us who sleep in the afternoon, it was really nice to have everyone home Monday and Tuesday, which meant no sleep. I had to play that... Stupid Monopoly game over and over. They love that 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 WWE Monopoly. It's never going to end. But there, I, I roll over. It's you know I finish the show. I get home when I get home. I go to bed when I go to bed. It's roughly six thirty in the morning or whatever. And you know nine forty five. I roll over and the two of them are laughing, staring at me in my bed. Daddy, can we play WWE? Can we play the dice game? That's, that's pretty much the, the dice game. That's what they call it. Can we play the dice game? I'm like guys. I've been sleeping hours where is your mother and she's doing things she's you know doing laundry and and you know cleaning and she's got work to do and it's just like guys go do something occupy yourselves they don't leave me alone so like i'm on no sleep so i'm on so much coffee i can't even begin to tell you so i'm pumped and i'm just thinking more and more about this uh, this this Dable thing and i'm more and more i just find myself gravitating more and more towards him and towards this being a positive overall, because I I don't think it's the right time for Belichick, and not that it's ever the wrong time for Belichick, other than I I firmly believe it's time to go get a quarterback. And what just happened with Mac Jones there is like the, it's the one thing I if you can believe it or not, and I'm I'm not even coming where anywhere near claiming Brian Dable is a better coach than Bill Belichick. I'm not crazy, but what I'm saying is is. Who do, I, who do I like to develop a quarterback? Could Belichick hire someone to develop a quarterback? Sure. Uh he hired Judge and Patricia to, to develop Mac Jones. I mean, that's that is such an idiot. I mean, if you go through the decisions in NFL history, it might be one of the forget just Bell Belichick's history. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to be the coaching staff for a second year quarterback after a decent rookie year could be. One of the dumber things that any coach has ever done in NFL history. So I'd rather just lean into Dable on this one particular thing, and I think it's that important to the franchise. And I and I like that he's feisty. I like that he's, you know, hard on coaches. I like that, that I mean, let's be oh, oh he's creating a, a very difficult and unstable place to work for. You know how many you know how many people will call me when baseball season starts? right and and not to use and i'm gonna use several analogies with baseball and football over the course of the show but like how many people call me and will beg or how many people have called me and beg oh if only george were still here running the yankees or george would be rolling over in his grave everybody loves george steinbrenner what the hell was george steinbrenner's motto what was his motto He wanted to make everybody uncomfortable inside the organization. You were always fighting for your job. You were uncomfortable. Right? Now we love it. We love that about George Steinbrenner, and the Yankees are in desperate need to get back to it. And after year one, that feisty nature of Brian Dable changed the Giants, and after year two, he's a really tough guy to work for, and it's going to be a major problem, his relationship with the offensive coordinator. It's winning and losing. Plain and simple. And if you want to win long term, I think this playoffs have shown it. You need a legitimate franchise quarterback. And they don't have one. Make no mistake, they do not. And they need one. And they're drafting sixth overall. Go get a quarterback. And plus, it secures, you know, it it, it gives them an opportunity to do what they were brought here to do. Because I'm telling you right now, Brian Dable, when his career—if his career ends with the New York Giants next year—he's going to be kicking himself about this, this, this stuff with Wink, and uh, you know, screaming at coaches and all this getting out. He's going to be kicking himself over. But you know, what he's really going to be kicking himself over that his career that his career rise and fell, and his New York Gen, uh, Giant ten years head coach came and went with Daniel Jones. That's what he's going to be kicking himself for. Charlie and Beth Page, what's up, Charlie? You're on the fan.
1: Hey, Mac, what's going on? My what's man? up, How buddy? Doing? How we doing? I don't know, right? I was thinking about you this morning while I was cleaning my school and all the snow. You must have had a hell of a ride this morning going home.
0: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't so bad. I lived, and coming in was I the coming in was a little icy and snowy too. Tonight, I
1: got you, yeah. got you. But I'm all over it with just like that fan, uh, David, You know what? That's the problem with today's society we can't have a toxic a toxic toxic work environment and you know what I wish Salah had that emotion. I wish he had a pinky of that emotion yeah that table
0: I, I I, mean, I mentioned toxic. that last night this is the part of it too everybody it's the same thing like it's 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 that's the the, the jets are losing and that's what he's lacking so that's the problem if the jets were winning. We'd all be saying, you know what, the best part of Robert Sala is his even, his even keeled nature. Like he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low. The players really vibe on that. They they don't panic. Every you know, he's he's really you know, it's like Eli Manning or it's like Mariano Rivera. Like nothing bothers him, nothing faces him. He's on to the next play. Like that's what we'd be saying if the Jets were winning, but they're not. So it's why the hell isn't he getting in someone's face? How come he never holds anybody accountable? Why isn't he getting on Hackett? Why is it, why is why do the penalties continue to happen? He never shows emotion. That's that's what happens when you lose. So Exactly. Yeah. But with
1: the Giants situation, though, you know, listen, if they were 10-7 this year playing uh, Detroit last week and going down to Tampa, we wouldn't be hearing much about this. But since they had a losing year and there was some issues, you got everyone wants to blow it out of the water. I think the guy's a great coach. And listen, even Allen, he's missing that. Allen was not right since he left. He's a good coach, good offensive coordinator, good quarterback whisperer. And people should be thankful they got him. uh he's a good coach, but again, uh I would clear I clear my coaches to say too you. you're going to leak stuff. This is my team. Don't like it, It's the highway. So he made yep. a decision, and that's what they did. Yep. And I nothing nothing wrong with that decision making yep. and that process you know? uh, yeah
0: I mean I, I, Charlie, I completely agree with you, and I think that's part of it too, because the reports were from the uh, initial uh, P- uh Paul Schwartz report a couple you know last week that he went back there after the Jay Glazer stuff leaked because he knew he didn't leak it. So he went back to the defensive coaching staff, and he asked them, what's up? What's the problem? And they had nothing to say. And then at the end of the year, they give all stuff to Pat Leonard. And I know Pat Leonard sort of you know, said with Sal, I went back and listened to it. He didn't definitively say, I'm not getting this from people who are no longer with the team or, I'm, or I am getting this from people with the team. He just kind of said, it would be a miss it would be a misunderstanding or, or mischaracterization of what's going on if you think it's only people who are leaving so i mean that's vague it it's kind of in, indicating that it's not just from people who are leaving but i mean i guess i'm parsing words that's kind of what he said but he didn't say oh no it's not just people who are leaving he said i think that would be a it would be an unfair assessment of what's going on here if you assume it's only people who are leaving so, but I don't know who talked to him. We know most, it had to be people who were, who, were, who were leaving this building. It had to be. It had to be people associated with Wink. It just had to be. I find it very hard to believe it would be people who, were, who are still here. And I understand he has the one report of you know, coaches reaching out to people currently with the staff and asking them about open positions and guys returning with, don't come here. I, I'd be very surprised if that's the case. They already hired uh, Joel Thomas, running back coach from the Saints, They're going to hire coaches. Kafka, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, which I don't think he will, but he interviewed at both uh, Seattle and Tennessee. He's a good young coach. And that dynamic between the two of them does need to be worked out. And Brian Dable very well may be in the wrong in in many situations. I'm not saying he's perfect or he's done everything right here. But what I'm saying is it's his team, and he's going to run it the way he, he deems it to be run. And I have no problem. Like he just said, people went behind his back and leak stuff to Glazer. And people are, uh, quite honestly, obviously, throughout the, the team, feeling like he's not the guy, and he needs to get rid of people who don't think he's the guy. Play, that's how it has to work. Even if he ends up not being the guy, he can't. He'll never be the guy if he if, if he's, has a coaching staff full of people who don't believe in him or don't like him. So he has to move on and then learn and be a little bit less. I don't want to take this feistiness away. I said this yesterday, too. He's got to be himself. Brian Dable has to be himself. And his nature and being himself is being a fiery, feisty guy and yelling. That's probably what he grew up with. We talk about Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, you don't think yells at coaches? Right? He, he, he was with Bill Belichick. He was with Nick Saban. You think those guys don't, don't yell? Like, it's part of it. Can he go too far and interrupt thought process? And play calling during a game just to yell and vent, yeah, okay, oh, he needs to he needs to be willing to learn from this. But ultimately, I think it's what's best because they have to do what they have to do, and hopefully they learned that this thing is fickle, and at any moment he could be out of a job. We've seen this before. We've seen it before. McAdoo was secure in his'll I'll continue to tell the story till the day I die. Because I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the feeling. And I even brought it up again with, with Brian Dable. But when I went to camp with Mike Francesa, the, the, that second year, 2017, the second year of, of that regime, and the second year of McAdoo, after the first year they win 11 games, they make it uh, to the playoffs and they get beat in Green Bay by Aaron Rodgers. That next year, I was at camp with Mike, and I'm telling you right now, the entire vibe around that team was they were going to win a Super Bowl. It was going to be Eli Manning's last real run at a, with a championship roster. They added uh, a couple of wide receivers. They added uh, Brandon Marshall. They added some pieces. Every single defensive piece they added the year before was like all pro. Janaris Jenkins, uh, Snacks Harrison, uh, Olivier Vernon, all all-pro. Collins had an unbelievable year at safety. Like, they thought their defense was loaded. They had the most dynamic wide receiver in the sport, Nodell Beckham Jr. Uh, they had a down offensive year despite making it to the playoffs, and they thought they were going to be better offensively. They thought they tweaked some things, and they thought they were going to the Super Bowl. And I remember the coach showed up. McAdoo showed up with the new haircut and the sunglasses, and the year before, he seemed almost uncomfortable talking to Mike. That year, that second year, I thought he was going to put his feet on the table. I'm not he was as comfortable as you could possibly be. Yeah, he, he was he was so secure in who he was, who he was inside that organization and who he was with that team. And he didn't make the season. He didn't make the season. Because he had no idea how to stop the bleeding. And whatever you want to think about this report and whatever you want to think about Brian Dable, he stopped the bleeding. He was able to get Tom He was able to get Tommy DeVito to do things Dak Prescott couldn't do, namely beat the Green Bay Packers. They went on a winning streak with Tommy DeVito and stabilized the season and showed some fight, went down the stretch, beat the Eagles the last game of the year, and left you with a better taste in your mouth as far as that team goes than. A team that just faded into oblivion, which we have seen these we've seen Joe Judge do it, we saw McAdoo do it. And that's not what happened with Brian Dable. He stopped the bleeding. The players responded. But he can he he can realize and he should realize that especially now, I mean, with the idea that coaches are are constantly available, and right now Bill Belichick's available, and anything can happen. And he better do what he was brought here to do, and bring a a franchise quarterback. They thought, I think ownership thought maybe that could be Daniel Jones. It's now clearly not, so they have to bring a franchise quarterback to this team. But yeah, I don't. It's not that I don't want Bill Belichick, but because I'm uh, Al, my 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 man on Twitter, who constantly is, how can I take you serious about football when you don't want Bill Belichick? Joe and uh, Joe and Brian been that good to pass on Bill. Well, then why wouldn't any, he's the greatest coach in in NFL history. Who, then everyone should be willing to fire their coaching staff. Who's been better? Right now, at this moment, you are talking about a Bill Belichick, who I don't think should be a GM for a team anymore. And who, quite honestly, did a terrible job. Now, I don't know how good Mac Jones is. In fact, I don't think he's very good. But he had a decent year one. And then the Patriots ruined him. Like, I don't think he's as bad as he's been the last two years where he can't complete a pass. He's horrendous. He's horrendous. Bill Belichick did not do him any favors to help develop Mac Jones. He's still a great coach, and, I would, and I'm not opposed. If circumstances were different for the New York Giants, I'd be all in on it. And quite honestly, if you told me right now that Shane and Dable are all in, on Daniel Jones and have no interest in drafting a quarterback and plan on moving forward with Daniel Jones as their franchise quarterback, then I would make the change. Then I would. But I don't believe that for a second. And if I'm going to be drafting and developing a young quarterback, as crazy as it might sound to some, I'd rather have Shane and Dable than Bill Belichick. I would. They just drafted a quarterback in Josh Allen who I watch – on a week-to-week basis, dominate a division year in and year out, and look like he's poised right now to go make a run to the Super Bowl. Like, that's what I want. That's what I want. And that's what the Giants should want. And if that's what they want, they have coaches in place currently who give them a better chance than Bill Belichick. And I understand the talk that Bill Belichick's available, the connection to the Giants, his years as defensive coordinator. Great. And there was a time I proposed it. I wanted them to see if, if if he was available before they hired Brian Dable. But right now, I don't know if it necessarily makes sense for the Giants. I'm not gonna I wouldn't scream and go nuts about it because it's Bill Belichick, but I still want to draft that quarterback. And I'd rather do that with, with Shane and Dable. And I'm hoping that this news and the the idea that this could all be done. And that they're going to be on, he is going to be on a hot seat next year. And right now, I don't know how the organization feels about uh, Joe Shane, but because they were both at the same spot prior to coming here, it just feels like they're connected. Like, obviously they're connected, but it feels like they're so connected that one won't stay without the other. That if they make the decision to move on from Dable, because of some of these issues in this story, and some of the the idea of him being difficult to work for and causing chaos inside the organization and that leading to losing. It it just feels like they're going to clean house with Shane too. And if they realize that this could be a make-or-break year for their tenures as respective head coach and GM of the New York Giants, it's time to do what they do best, draft a quarterback and develop them. 877-337-6666. We'll get into Aaron Rodgers and some of the talk around him, and somehow somehow, the haters are still out there. And some of the narratives brought around him because of the success of the Green Bay Packers currently makes me laugh. So we'll get to that. We'll get to the Rangers as well. I know there's been a couple of guys on Twitter begging me to talk hockey. We'll talk a little Rangers over this five hours. And we'll have some fun and continue to take your phone calls. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you on The fam. We'll be right back. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. fifty. about one hour through our five-hour midnight ride. We got plenty more to do, 877-337-6666, and I'm firm on the idea, and it sounds like so are the Giants, and that was really the question until Paul's Paul Schwartz's most recent uh, piece came out where he's talking about the Giants, that there's still uh, a lot of faith in the room about Brian Dable, and this hasn't really changed anything for ownership or, um, you know, inside the organization's feeling about Brian Dable. They do not believe him to be some sort of monster that no one can work with. I think the idea that he is is ridiculous. Um, he's a tough coach to work for. There's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. Not not to compare him to Joe Judge, because God, but I mean, Joe Judge, remember Joe Judge was having them run laps in training camp, running laps. Like there are just, there are coaches who are who like it like that. And rem- And like I said before, I mean, we we admire and go nuts over George Steinbrenner, and that was his motto. That's how he lived his. That's how he lived his business, and his life. Wanted people uncomfortable. Wanted people concerned about whether or not they have a job tomorrow every day. That's how you get the best out of them. You know, when you run the Yankees and you win championships, it's it's a great motto. When you lose, when you win six games with the Giants, it's a cause for concern. That's what it's about. The Giants have to win. Or, 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 how many times is he going to say it? Or draft a quarterback and really go about this rebuild that can be really quick if you draft the right guy. And that's what the Giants should do. And that's why, yeah, it doesn't matter who's available at the head coach position. And I understand right now, Vrabel is a far superior coach than Brian Dable at the moment. Far superior. He's a great head coach. He's a great head coach. Right now, I want a, I want someone, an offensive coach who can develop a young quarterback. Harbaugh can do that, right? And, and especially, I would think Harbaugh right now, more than ever, is interested in the NFL. And I will get into that in a little bit. But I'd be open to that. But that means no Joe Shane. Are we ready to punt on these guys just because good coaching candidates have emerged? Let me tell you something. There'll be good coaching candidates whenever they decide to let go of Joe Shane and Brian Dable. There will be. There will be guys who are good. It's about finding them. Bill Pelichick is obviously historic. Harbaugh is a great team builder. And as someone who's now succeeded, succeeded on both levels, NFL and college, coming off a national championship. And under, you know, I, I would be open to that more than I'd be open up to Bill because I honestly believe he can coach and develop a young quarterback. But I just, I feel like right now we are in a spot where we have to trust these two guys that we hired, that this giant team decided to make a move on and decided to stick with. I think they should stick with him and see how it goes. And I think now we're seeing that this storyline, for me, you're seeing that they believe in the coach despite anything that's being reported. And this coach should realize that this is a fickle situation and it's time for him to do what he does best. And we all know what that is, draft and develop quarterback. Kelvin and T-Neck. What's up, Kelvin? How's it going? How's everything? Good, man. How are you? good. Good. So I'm with you, man. I want a quarterback
1: too, man. But I was looking at the first three picks, and I see uh, quarterbacks going in the first three picks. I know yes. Chicago has that first pick, yep. and uh, obviously it's all going to depend on if they're willing to give up on Justin Fields. Yep. Uh, and then you got the Commanders, who are our rivals. They're not going to trade that second pick. They need a quarterback as well. And then you got the Patriots, who also need a quarterback.
0: I would think so. Yes. Huh? I said I would think I agree with you i th- I think both those teams would be drafting quarterbacks,
1: yeah, i and then and then I feel like they gonna I feel like the best quarterback is gonna win those three picks, and it's gonna be tough for us to trade up with any of those teams
0: uh I mean, Chicago would be the one that seems the most likely. I agree, uh certainly not Washington, but you never know if you blow someone out of the water or you make it you know known. We'll see what happens with Chicago. But, uh, yeah, Washington probably drafting quarterback. I would think New England probably drafting quarterback. But who knows? You you don't know until you get there and see what they would be interested in. Maybe they don't love these quarterbacks and would rather – I mean, Washington and New England, uh, two franchises that at this moment probably need dramatic roster overhaul. Maybe they they don't believe in one of these quarterbacks or they feel – they can get one they they like almost as much at six, and are willing to trade down and take uh, a bunch more draft assets to move just a few spots down to 6 and get more picks and draft other people while getting the quarterback at six. like you who knows who knows what other teams do right now I'm hoping my, my point is I'm hoping, that's what the giants should be focused on though moving up is I'm what the giants Russell should be Wilson focused on I'm hoping Russell Wilson goes to one of those
1: teams <laughs> What's that? I'm hoping Russell Wilson goes to one of those teams
0: yeah, I mean, that, that. That's that's. I guess that's plausible. Those two teams don't hit me as spots that really make a lot of sense for that necessarily. Uh, I don't think they're ready to win. I could see Russell Wilson going to Atlanta, like, especially yeah. if Bill Belichick goes to Atlanta. The idea of him just getting a quarterback right away to the rest of that roster, I could see that kind of move. I don't know if Washington and, and, and New England is the kind of spot where you want to find Russell – where you're going to try and win right away with a Russell Wilson. So I I don't think that's the case. But what is is more likely than or what is possible is that Washington and New England don't think, like they're going to assume that Caleb Williams goes first. And maybe they don't like Drake May. Or maybe May goes second and New England's like, we only like those two. And we don't think the third uh, quarterback is worthy. And we need a hell of a lot. So let's trade back, get more picks. And then, hey, if we find a quarterback that we think is pretty good at six, maybe we'll do that. But we're open to different things. Like, you don't know. You don't know. And, And my only thought right now is that that's what the Giants should be focused on. The Giants should be focused on how do we get that quarterback. You're right. You're right. We'll see. Come draft day, we might. You might find out that Chicago is is looking to move Fields and draft a quarterback. Washington, and New England are heart are just heads dead set on these on the other two quarterbacks. Making, uh, you know, uh, Drake May and Daniels is probably the the route of that. So whatever the case may be, Arizona, whoever, you might be right. Come draft day. They might be drafting sixth and not feel once the first three quarterbacks are off the board that there's another quarterback worthy of taking sixth or moving up four and we'll get there when we get there. By no means am I suggesting draft any quarterback, I don't care who it is, just to get a quarterback. It's got to be a quarterback that that Dable and Shane believe in. Don't get me wrong. And they're not in a position without having to figure it out. At sixth, they are probably not likely, in, if they're not drafting second or third or obviously first, they're drafting sixth. They are not in a position to just sit back and say, hey, that guy will be there. So right now, they need to figure out who that guy is and if there's multiple, who those guys are and then figure out a way to best position yourself to draft one of them. That's what they should be focused on. That's what they should be hell-bent on. Tim in West Orange. What's up, Tim?
1: Hey, C Mac. Good morning. How are you?
0: Good morning to you, sir. What's up?
1: Um, I wanted to talk. About, I totally agree with you that the Giants definitely need to draft a quarterback with the with the uh, in the upcoming draft. But I was wondering what you thought about uh, them trading up and drafting a guy like Marvin Harrison, who is a clear cut number one wide receiver, who the Giants don't have that right now, and they ha- they don't have anybody who coaches are really game planning for because. They need that. They, they're not staying up at night looking for that wide receiver. Just wanted to think what you uh, thought yeah. about
0: that. Uh, I, 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 would, I would think there's only one position I'm trading up for, and that's quarterback. Uh, I'm open. Okay. I'm open. I'm open. If they're at six and they feel quarterbacks are off the board. And and then they they don't think that there's a a good they haven't found a good trade back or they want to pick the best position at six. I'm open to wide receiver. I'm open to offensive linemen. I'm open to tackles. Those are the two positions I'd be open for. I agree with you. They need a a dynamic wide receiver, Uh, and I'm and and I think that's something they need to go get. And it's something they should attack in the draft. It is a deep drafted wide receiver as well. There's a lot of options out there. They could get. Later, in the they could trade up. They have two second round picks. They could trade up into the back end of the first round for another wide receiver. I think there's a lot of options on what the Giants can do. But here's the thing: with that six pick, and especially if I'm moving up, I'm I'm taking the quarterback because he's the position, and that's the position that can change my franchise. I mean, wide receivers are great. I mean, I I, I remember, I remember Odell Beckham Jr. being here and just being astonished by his talent. And just, I could not believe how good he was. And I could not believe, you know, his ability to take it to the house and make unbelievable catches. I mean, he was dynamic. They lost. They lost a lot. I mean, you look around the league, it's quarterbacks that take you there. You can draft Marvin Harrison. You might be dead right. You might be one of the best wide receivers in the sport right away. I think Gary Wilson's one of the best wide receivers in the sport. With Zach Wilson, he's useless. So I'm not trading up and giving away draft assets and moving from six up to secure anything other than a quarterback. If he falls to me at six and all the quarterbacks are off the board and I feel like he's the best player available at six and it's not worth it to do anything else, move back, or, or there's no other quarterback worth that, that slot, I'm open to it. But I am not moving up for anything else besides a quarterback. I'll take something else at six. I won't move up for anything else. If I'm moving up, it's to try and get a quarterback. That's it. Open to other things. And they do need all that. Don't get me. Don't, the roster is not perfect. But the quarterback is not a position you wait for the perfect roster. I don't draft a running back if my unless my roster is perfect. If my roster is perfect and I have wide receivers and I have defensive backs and I have guys who can rush the passer and I have a good offensive line and I have a talented quarterback, then I'm open to taking a running back in the top of the draft. Because that's my cherry on top. That's the one thing I could use to really secure a great offense and a Super Bowl championship winning team. Other than that, not doing it. And for the most part, a lot of positions fall into that category for me. The quarterback is the defining piece. So I'm going to get him. And that's what they need desperately. And now especially, Shane and Dable need to understand that this could be over after next season. It could be over after next season. There's going to be immense pressure following this story, following the way it worked with Wink, following the losing they had, following the embarrassing losses. This could all be over at the end of next year. And if they go through their Giants tenure without getting their guy, no matter how much they might tell you they believe in Daniel Jones, he is not their guy. If they get fired and never have their guy and develop their guy, they're going to be regretting it for the rest of their lives.